0: Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung, and I'm so excited about the fact that you've joined us today to take a look at the book. There is a very controversial issue that needs to be dealt with. It's the kingdom of God. Are we in the kingdom now? Where is Jesus Christ at this moment? Is he seated on his throne? Well, we need to answer some of those questions, and we're going to do it as we take a look at the book. I have a five-hour audio series. It's my latest series, by the way, entitled Thy Kingdom Come. It's a five-hour audio series on CD that will assist you in understanding about the kingdom. Today we're going to be talking about perversion of the kingdom. You'll understand what I'm talking about when I talk about the controversy surrounding this issue. I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of this five-hour audio series on CD in just a moment. But right now, get Bible in hand, and let's study the Word of God, perversion of the kingdom. Go to Daniel chapter 2 with me. I don't have time to trace from Genesis chapter 11 where they build a great city and establish, by the way, religion went along with the establishment of that kingdom because they talked about building a tower whose top may reach into heaven so they could make them a name, not a popularity contest, but a name other than Jehovah God, the name it told him to be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. I can't trace everything, but let me just jump here into about 2,500 years ago. In Babel it was 4,500 years ago, so we're talking about a 2,000 year period of time. We'll not take the time to trace, but in Daniel chapters 2 and 7, we see now Satan's effort to do it again. And God is going to use Daniel, a member of the royal family of Jerusalem, who was taken out of Jerusalem about 605 B.C. from Jerusalem with three of his buddies. They were taken into Babylon under the leadership of Nebuchadnezzar. And there Nebuchadnezzar has a dream which Daniel is going to be gifted to interpret part of uh, those who are in training to become the wise counselors to King Nebuchadnezzar. And he comes and, and, and interprets this dream. He tells him the dream, first of all, and then he interprets the dream. Let's look at the interpretation. Verse 36 of Daniel chapter 2. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Notice he's king, King Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 37. Thou, O king, art a king of kings. For the Lord God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom hello there it is again satan establishing a stronghold among the gentile people there's a phrase used in the book of luke chapter 21 verse 24 which says jerusalem shall be trodden down until the times of the gentiles be fulfilled That phrase, the times of the Gentiles, is a very prophetic phrase. Here's what it means. It means any time in history when Gentiles control Jerusalem and the Jewish people. Times of the Gentiles. Any time in history when Gentiles control Jerusalem and the Jewish people. This is the establishment of the times of the Gentiles. Daniel taken out of Jerusalem, the first phase of a three-phased attack on Jerusalem. 605, Nebuchadnezzar takes Daniel and Ariah, Hazariah and Meshach, or better known to you as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into the Babylonian captivity. And then in 597, he comes back and gets Ezekiel and about 10,000 other Jews and take them into the Babylonian captivity. And then in 586, he comes and destroys the city and takes all the rest of the Jews except for Jeremiah and a handful who go to Egypt into the Babylonian captivity. That is the beginning of the times of the Gentiles. Again, it is Satan moving to do it God is allowing it it's a Satanocracy between Genesis chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 20 but during that time God has not given up his control not given up his sovereignty and so he is saying here the only reason Nebuchadnezzar you're going to have this kingdom is because I give it to you. Notice again verse 37, thou, O king, Arga, king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And, he, and look at it, verse 38, and wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beast of the field and the fowls of the heaven, hath he given unto thine hand, hath he made thee ruler over them all, thou art the head of gold. God is allowing this to happen, but it is satanically energized to bring about a man who would establish the times of the Gentiles. Notice what he is going to have rule over. Man over all the earth, the fowls in the air, the fishes in the sea, everything. Sound familiar to Genesis chapter 1? Exact same phraseology. Chapter 7 deals with the exact same thing. Uh, This is a number of years later. And Daniel, probably around 70 years of age at this time, maybe some 50, 52 years after Daniel chapter 2, has a similar type dream with different emblems instead of a man with a gold head, a, a chest of silver, and arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, toes of iron and clay... Then what Daniel sees, the first beast he sees rise up out of the sea is a winged lion. And that represents the Babylonian Empire. That is the symbol. I'm not exegeting. Please, I'm just explaining. We'll quickly go through. Uh, But that is the Babylonian Empire. That's the emblem for the Babylonian Empire today. There are two winged lions at the Ishtar Gate in the city of Babylon on the shores of the Euphrates River. Verse 5, it talks about a bear with three ribs in his mouth. That bear with the three ribs, the three ribs representing... Probably, most likely, the Egyptian Empire, which is really truly the first Gentile world power, and then the Assyrian Empire, and then the Babylonian Empire, and now we're coming to the Medo Persian Empire in verse 5. Verse 6, it's a leopard with four heads and four wings, depicting the Grecian Empire. Remember, Alexander the Great came to power faster than any Gentile world leader in the history of the world, and when he died at 32 years of age, by the way, living in Babylon, his kingdom was divided it into four parts verse 7 is talking about a fourth beast a terribly uh, amazing type beast with fierce teeth dreadful and terrible exceedingly Uh, iron teeth that devoureth and breaketh in pieces verse 7 and stamped the residue with the feet of it and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and had 10 horns upon its head And then we see out of the horns, those ten horns comes the little horn, one of the 27 names for the Antichrist. But this is a part of the establishment of the Gentile world powers. Daniel tells us in Daniel chapter 2, who the first... Kingdom is the Babylonian Empire. In chapter 8, it talks about the Medo-Persian Empire and the Grecian Empire. And in chapter 7, it talks about the Roman Empire. And so it is very easy. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to understand prophecy. Just simply read the Word of God. And it lays out these Gentile world powers. They are the perversion of Satan as he establishes kingdoms upon this earth. The Babylonian, the first king Nimrod, earthly kingdom for Satan, located at Babylon. And then the Gentile world powers, we see four of them in progression leading all the way up to the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. What does this have to do with prophecy? What is the significance of what I've just been telling you? Prophetic. It's very important for you to understand that Jesus Christ is indeed not on his throne right now, according to the passages in the book of Hebrews. Perversion of the kingdom. This is an essential study for everybody. You need to have, though, the entire series. It's a five-hour audio series on CD entitled, Thy Kingdom Come." You can call our toll-free number if you'd like to get a copy of this series. Our toll-free number is 877-674-3298. Now remember, that's toll-free from across America, 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, go to the shopping mall, and you can make your order of this five-hour audio series on CD entitled, Thy Kingdom Come a very important study at this time in history. I want to thank you again for joining us, and you understand now as we study God's Word how close we may well be to the rapture of the church. I look for that to happen at any moment every single day. Are you looking like that for Jesus Christ to come back? We need to be able to do that. It'll help us to live pure, be productive as we have prepared ourselves for this event in history when Christ calls us to be with him. Well, having said all of that and our study completed, there's basically nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until.